Welcome to the County Business Club's podcast, hosted by Sam Thomas and powered by Picture Book Films. Welcome to the second episode of the County Business Talks podcast. Um, delighted to have a special guest with me today, um, James Dempster from Fox and Bear. Um, this is a podcast that we're obviously delving into the mindsets of um, business owners and entrepreneurs from across Sussex, just finding out about their business journey, what makes them tick, and looking some some hits and tips for our um, for our listeners. So, as I say, James, I've known for a long time. Delighted to have him on as a special guest. So, uh, James Dempster, welcome. Morning. How you doing, sir? I'm very good. How are you? Thanks mate, for having me. Oh, mate, really, really pleased to have you on, and um, delighted. It's the first one we're recording in the uh, Plus X. Uh, podcast studio which is quite exciting it's been an exciting morning already <laughs> you can tell you're buzzing about it mate, yeah. which, I, which i love almost as excited as me which is which is great but um mate listen i want to just pretty much delve straight in if we can um i just look, tell people a little bit about yourself and your and your business journey and where where it all started for you where it all started that's a good one um so yeah i grew up on a council estate in northwest london two unemployed parents did you want me to go that far back no, go, <laughs> go absolutely this is the journey yeah so two two unemployed parents bit of a rough school um yeah i had a number of teachers that i remember one re teacher which surprisingly i wasn't brilliant at and he said i'd either be dead or in prison at 25 so <laughs> that was oh, wow. certainly yeah uh, <laughs> Certainly a way of motivating the young'un. Um, but yeah, no, got got uh, got some better grades than I probably could have had at school. Um, and then kind of 17, 18, 17, something clicked and I thought, no, I'm not going to go this route. I'd seen a number of mates go quite a dark path and I just decided that wasn't for me. So I worked hard at college, kind of undid a lot of the work I'd done from year nine to year 11, yeah. got my head down and then ended up getting some decent A-levels. Got to the end of that. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Um, knew I wanted to go to uni just to see a different part of the UK. So I went to Liverpool because I was a Liverpool fan. It seemed as good a reason as any. Why not? Why not? And um, did archaeology, which has been, as you can imagine, the most <laughs> useful degree you could pick. Um, so yeah, did that. And then took the first job out of uni, which was the illustrious Carphone Warehouse. Um, but nice. I did actually... I loved my time there. Um, started as a uh, just a, a sales person on the floor. Um, got appointed to store manager quite quickly, and then had like a, a couple of store manager positions and uh, overall responsibility for a couple as well, which was wicked. And I think my best time there was I got a certificate from Mr. Charles Dunstan himself. He set it up for most improved store of the northwest. Which there you go. I have That's a natural tattoo. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll, I'll skip through some of it, but then uh, found myself in Brighton after a year or so travelling, um, and took a job at a local company, Pure Three Sixty, which I think everyone that you meet in Brighton has worked there at some point. Yeah. Loved my time there. Again, taught me a lot. Um, I think that was where I kind of had the best sales education. A, man a manager there, Stefan Britton, kind of. A lot of us that he worked with made made much better kind of salespeople. And then um, took a job at Montefiore Hospital, um, which again I loved. It helped set that up. It was part of a three-person team there. So um, I think that's when I met you at that point, wasn't it? You was at the at the Montefiore. Exactly. There, some stuff there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and that was that was amazing because on paper 
that was a sales and marketing job. Yeah. And then in my first week, I was like, you know, we got introduced to orthopedic surgeons, which, you know, everyone knows what surgeons are like. Yeah. Um, didn't really, I think a polite way of saying don't suffer fools gladly. Um, but, you know, I had to be quite transparent that this was not a world I knew about. Yeah. And it moved from a sales and marketing role through to like, you know, all the admin staff reported to me. We had close connections with finance and, and the company that ran it. Um, it was a new journey for them as well. So it wasn't like there was a blueprint. This is how to kind of set up a sales marketing team for a hospital. So yeah. I don't think I've ever learned as much within that one year. Um, and as part of Montefiore, uh, I was, they, they'd already had a contract with Cod PR, and Cod PR were doing all of the PR for the yeah, hospital yeah, sure, sure. Um, to promote and to manage you know, any issues that residents had with the hospital being on their back door and all this kind of stuff. Um, a year or so in, spoke to Tim. Tim was doing all this stuff with offline communication. I just said, look, why don't we do something together? Um, I think the business plan was roughly the size of that coffee lid. Um, <laughs> but luckily, Tim saw something in me. We, we put together a plan, and then we grew. Um, and we kept growing, took on additional staff. Is that for, from, for, uh, as a, so it was there never really a goal, like going to university and stuff like that? It wasn't it then you come out of that thinking, you know, I want to start my own business, this is going to be a path for me? Or was that something maybe from a younger age that you had ever thought about? Or I think it's been really interesting recently as well with the whole Marcus Rashford stuff. I think when you, um, and he's a, has a Liverpool fan, it pains me to say, but what a legend. Yeah, I saw, mate, saw him again the other day, he's just a phenomenal human being. Um, but the coming from nothing, and I know there are people that will have had less than me, obviously, but some days we had one meal a day max, you know, no, no foreign holidays unless our grandparents took us, like, you know, tatty school clothes, all, all of that stuff that's, you know, that's not amazing, but equally not terrible either. I think I always knew I wanted more, and I think I knew if you graft, there's no, you know, there's no kind of hidden um, success. Most of it is, what, what's the old Fergie thing, 99% perspiration, 1% inspiration. Like, I think graft is the main thing anyone can do, regardless of life experience, you can work. And so I think I always knew I wanted to do something that was reliant upon me and not me reliant upon someone else. Yeah, okay. So I think I always knew, basically I'm an unemployable Sam. So I knew, yeah. <laughs> I, I, knew I, I knew I had to do something by myself. Yeah. Mate, fair play. And then, so that, yeah, so you're talking then about, obviously that's when you obviously approached Tim and then where obviously the whole Cobb Digital idea started with three of you, was it that right at the start and, and then? Yeah, exactly that. So we took, um, first of all, it was just me in a room and uh, back then, I, well, I mean, I still am an attention seeker then, but back then I was an attention seeker and I bounced off. I had a team of like 20-odd people, so it was, it was, there was a lot of kind of fun atmosphere and I, I built on that. And then coming into working in one room by myself, it was quite difficult yeah, to sure. change the, the mindset of that. But quite quickly, I needed some additional staff, so we, so we progressed to three. And in the first sort of six months, you know, if I hadn't had Tim, I wouldn't have had a business there because the clients I was working on were literally his PR clients that needed some digital help. Oh, okay. And then sort of month six, month seven, things changed quite a lot. Um, the clients I was winning were nothing to do with PR and we could start seeing actually this is going to be quite sustainable. And then from that period onwards, Tim, you know, Tim's still a director, a major shareholder, but from day to day doesn't really get involved in, in my side of the business. Yeah. Um, and so that was... That was quite a, a moment I was quite proud. That was no longer being supported by, you know, his successful PR business. We were successful in our own right. So yeah, that was yeah. that was quite a good thing. So you still, and, and I guess uh, at, at the start as well, that allowing you, like you said, he believed in you, but that trust to go, right, look, James, I know you know what you're doing there. You crack on and, and, and 
carry on with that. Um, and then, like you say, sort of growing it and in that sense. Uh, it, it's leading nicely, actually, to the next quiz, because I was at, I wanted to talk about like one of your proudest moments, like, as, or successful moments as a, as a sort of business owner on that sort of journey over the last, you know, like last few years. So w- w- would that be one of them up there? Like, yeah, no, definitely. Of, I think the... turning point. Yeah, I think... Um, I think the the first thing of putting together a business plan and saying yeah let's do it I think that was a moment I'll always remember sitting with him and Nick Ascroft um, yeah. in Nick Ascroft's boardroom thinking I'm going to get chewed out here I've literally put some numbers in an Two Excel very, sheet and very established business <laughs> yeah. people and sit, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who, who know most of Sussex and I <laughs> at the point at that time I don't think I knew how well established Nick was as well so. Yeah, sure. I, th- I literally had two sheets of paper. One was an Excel projection of if we do, which those numbers would never hit, and I don't know where I got them in hindsight. But <laughs> those projections, along with you know an A4 piece of paper that said what kind of who I was going to target and how it was going to work, that was a proud moment. And then we said, okay, let's give it six months. Um, yeah, when Tim kind of took a step back and took a step back um, from the day to day, that was a proud moment. Um, and then you know obviously fox and bear. I think yeah. a big part of the childhood. Uh, I want to kind of leave something more to my two. And so being able to say whatever path they choose in life, there's a company there that's named after them. And, you know, that that makes me feel very proud as well. T- and tell us a bit more, because obviously people, some people have read the article that we've just obviously done the front cover feature with a whole rebrand, which was great. So and that's where the note. So Fox and Bear, tell us about that and the name that's come, come from obviously with the kids. Yeah, so the... Um I mean, those that who follow me or, or have spoken to me that will know, A, I'm quite boring and repeat myself a lot, but the, the kind of, the, the major thing for me is storytelling. Marketing and, and life is about stories. You know, on the way here, we've, you know, you and I have shared loads of stories about even just the last year, homeschooling, yeah. and we don't, we don't talk about the facts and figures. We talk about how that made you feel and what you did and the story around that. And there's a book I always talk about, Sapiens by uh, Harari, and he basically talks about how the one thing that made Homo sapiens successful was the ability to get around a campfire and gossip. If we didn't have that, we would have been destroyed by Neanderthals who were bigger, stronger, cleverer than us. So that will never change. It's an intrinsic human need to tell and share stories. And so the older I've got, the more I've kind of looked at that as quite an interesting thing. You know, the Iliad, over 2,000 years old, we're still talking about it. You know, all these stories that get passed down from generation to generation and so when um, I kind of felt Cobb Digital needed a, a little bit of a refresh um, we've been working with Spoken for four years so any design or branding or web build projects would come through them and we would take over at that point and market them. Lisa and I had spoken a while ago about m- doing something together yeah. um, and her t- uh, creative team came up with the look and feel of Fox and Bear but I was very keen. It was it was going to be part of my story and part yeah. of the fox and bear, you know, um, kind of thing to pass on to my kids. Great, yeah. So, okay, so that's how we got to the where the fox. And you, obviously, in that bit you're just leading up to, you're talking a lot like the history sort of side of things, which is something you're obviously very passionate about. I know we've done. I remember when I first took over SBT and I come to you and you was like, oh, I've got this idea to do it, which was great. We've done some really cool things and and some great articles about history. Something obviously you're really really passionate about as well, isn't it? Yeah, I forgot about that. That was Did really you? good fun. Yeah, 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 yeah that was good. We've had a year of some, like you know, key places in Sussex and yeah, yeah. And, You've and, always and been very kind to me, indulging my nonsense. But um, right. yeah, no, I really enjoy. I think as well, people in Sussex don't realise the rich history we've had. You know, it's an amazing county from a historical point of view. Some really yeah. key parts of 
you know, British history uh, uh, as well as just a local as that happened here. And yeah. I think, you know, again, we were speaking about lockdown and kind of the fact lockdown made us look up and evaluate what's important to us. It's been great seeing people going out and about and, and going to a National Trust property or going yeah. to a local whatever. But, um, yeah, no, I loved it. I loved it. Yeah, mate, we've we done it for a full year, didn't we? It was yeah, great. Yeah, and every, yeah. every month there was a different thing. It was, it was great. And got some great feedback as well, which, which was good. So. I see my mum probably, but yeah. <laughs> she, she loved it. She loved it. it was top, she was top of the list. But, um, cool. So, look, we've talked, some, obviously, about some successes there and some, and some proud moments. Just, obviously, for any business journey, and we we speak about it, business and stuff a lot, there's, you know, we face sort of, challenges and, and probably more so over the last year than the, the most but what's sort of been your what biggest challenges as a business owner have you, have you faced last year was tough yeah. last, you know um it was it was tough for a number of reasons i think you know we one of the reasons i wanted to to come on this and not just you is that i could see some of the questions were more around you know um like being open and honest and we've spoken a number of times around that you know yeah. last year was tough um no one sets up a business because they think, what's my disaster plan? And I hadn't really, if I'm completely honest, I hadn't really thought about what's the minimum amount of staff I need to keep this going? You know, those kind of difficult questions. And there was a period, like I think last week of March, early week of April, where literally the only phone calls I was getting was from people saying, love what you do, we need to pause while we regroup and see how long COVID's going to last. And it was literally, yeah, sure. I, I was getting anxious every time my phone was ringing. Uh, even if mates were calling, I thought well, maybe they know this client's going to pull. And it was like a mate in, in Liverpool who's never heard of like my business, let alone. But yeah, so that was a that was a difficult time, and I had to make luckily only one redundancy, and she she found a job very quickly after, which she loved. So mm. that that made me feel better about that. But that was really difficult sitting down every night and thinking, okay, if tomorrow I take another three phone calls, what does the business look like, and how can I keep it going and yeah, yeah. protect people's livelihoods? Um, so that was difficult, and we, we were agile, we made some changes, we came out the back of that, um, but I know we're going to come on to it, but equally around that time, I've always struggled with certain things, and um, you know, I I think it came to a point where too much was through my head, and um, that just wasn't rational, and a few friends were, like, stuff that's just, everyone gets annoyed with, queuing, noise, yeah. someone biting their nails next to you, those kind of things annoys all of us. Yeah, yeah. But there are a couple of t- like I cancelled going to the cinema with a mate because he bites nails and I can't sit next to him when he's doing it. Or like if I knew someone was going to have a queue, I wouldn't go. Or like I'd get irrationally angry over very minor things. And I reached out to Time for Talk, um, which is a brilliant NHS initiative where they kind of pay you up with someone for free. Right. You have a chat. And I was so lucky because the first lady I spoke to, she very kindly kind of said, you ever thought you might be uh, on the spectrum there, mate? I was like cheeky <laughs> whatever but um but then i as which is another kind of part of of aspects is if we're told something we have to research it to the nth degree if, if we find it interesting that's it we're gone so as soon as she said that i read everything and every time i read something i was like oh that's, that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's why that's difficult so mate let, let's jump in like if you don't if you're okay let's jump in like, obviously we've sent you some questions and bits and pieces but let's just jump into that that's obviously you know, talking about the aspect because it was something I've, I read your blog that you posted that was really open and honest and and uninspiring. If I'm being honest, like, from my point, you sort of read it and um, so you obviously, like you said, you guys know with Asperger's and look, t- can you tell us a little bit more about that and, and that sort of, like you said, I think you highlighted in the blog about being a bit of a, a light bulb moment, I guess. Yeah, no, it was and it still it still continues to be. I think it's. Um We'll come on to where I am with it now, but so from so that so that lady from the Times Talk referred yeah. me, uh, and she said I need to speak to 
to someone about it and, and as part of that like I said we researched things to the nth degree so I found um, a brilliant lady in Scotland Anne-Marie Gallagher and she not only does she do adult diagnosis she writes the threshold so I thought if anyone's going to know she's going to know and we did a number of interviews and she had to speak to my mum and get my mum to do a questionnaire because it's not something you develop you're born with it but um, as soon as she sent back the questionnaire she said I have to complete the process but there's literally no reason, no way you're not. Like I could dress myself fully at two. Um, I wouldn't w- want anyone touching me. I'd run around the garden screaming. I um, threw a Wendy house at some kid because he took something off me. I mean, like, I'd yeah. struggle to lift <laughs> a Wendy house now. But like, so th- all these things um, were clear indicators. But this was early right. '90s in in a ver- in quite a rundown area of North London. Like there wasn't the same resource. So yeah, I don't, sure, sure. I don't blame anyone for the fact it wasn't picked up. I was just a bit of a a naughty boy and <laughs> probably still would have been a bit of a naughty boy but um the uh, yeah getting that light bulb moment of her i remember her sitting down and and sort of kind of saying look i can't remember what the number is you need to score something like 15 out of 24 to be considered on they've changed it now it's no longer asperger's or, or autism it's now mm. autistic syndrome disorder well, okay so you fit you fit on that thing she said i think to get it to get a clinical diagnosis you need to score 15 out of 24 on her scale and I was like 21 so she said you're not even like a a kind of mild thing which when I told mates they were some were I could have told you that five years ago some were like okay interesting others didn't you know and it's it's fine so the the bit that's been really good the stuff that's that if there's just such minor changes like if I'm having a really if it's really noisy or if it's really unpredictable just make sure you factor 30 minutes in to read or to sit quietly or to listen to music or you know have some kind of sensory relaxation which to be honest all of us could do with anyway so that's been an easy fix um weddings i know lots of people have strong feelings about weddings but weddings is a massive trigger for me because i feel like i have to perform so if i'm on a table of 10 i've got to be the most entertaining on that table which like for for an asperger's brain we have like a, a a battery and every social interaction we have actually drains our battery. So if you have 10 in a row, you, you, you're kind of running on empty and that's where you get right. a, bit, a bit snappier and a bit more annoyed with people and sure. you can't necessarily even know why you're annoyed. So you just need to remove yourself. But now knowing that, yeah. she said every ho- every time I go to a wedding, have a hotel room on site and just do one, listen to a podcast for half an hour, come back, you, you won't feel like you're gonna go mental because someone's using their knife and fork too noisy <laughs> or, or whatever. Um, so again, really like simple change. Easy fixes, like you say, just to be able to manage. It must be difficult, I suppose. Like you say, l- looking back over the years, you look at them times where maybe things have affected you or whatever, and and, and now being able to go, oh, right, I can see why that, why that's happened. And like you say, moving forward now, little little changes that are not massive. For no, life, exactly. I guess. And, and I get with anything over the last year. I suppose how many people have looked at their lives, maybe not to a, a degree where maybe they've been diagnosed with, with, with Asperger or something like that, but have still looked at their life and go, I'm going to make some changes in my life that make me a better person, whether it be exercise, you're getting up every day and doing something like that, or just trying to keep a better mindset. Because look, so many people from a mental health point of view would have struggled over the last year for certain certain reasons um, and being able to make some changes in your life. And, and like you say, for you, a light bulb moment with that and then looking well okay I've just got to make some changes in my life and how that sort of moves forward so yeah I couldn't agree more I think everyone's had a look at themselves over the last year and uh, you know I optimistically I hope we make all those changes because I said to you as well one of the biggest things for the last year has been having four meals a week around the table with my boys it's yeah. it's so good yeah. you know and you really hear about their day 
you know, and we're this whole mental health thing we're, um, that we're only really starting to speak about now. It was a dirty word, and you know, certainly some of my old mates, mm. I haven't told about this because they wouldn't have the capacity to kind of, you know, either empathise or understand or care really. Yeah. Um, but we're now we've got a responsibility with the the generation coming up next to make it normal and yeah. to you know the same way I broke my leg, I fell off a swing. Mm. You wouldn't hide that, so why hide hide actually? You know, I'm depressed, or you know, whatever else. So I think, you know, having having the boys and sitting around the table, a couple of mates have given me a couple of different things as well, which have been brilliant. I mentioned to you about the traffic light system. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Rather than saying to the boys, "We had a nice day," which they're just going to be like, "Yeah," <laughs> we say, "Has it been a red, yellow, or green day?" And red, you know, I haven't had a very good day. I got in trouble at school. Yellow, yeah, yeah it was alright. Nothing to report. Green, it was brilliant because of this. Yeah, yeah. It promotes a lot more conversation yeah, around on. how you're feeling. And so, can I jump in with yeah. a question? Just do you now see autism as a positive thing? Can you understand the benefits it brings to you as well? So, um, yeah, I was going to say about that actually. So the 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 benefit, um, all my mates and everyone that knows me, you two included, would probably say I'm quite confrontational. If I see an issue, I'm likely to face it head on. I own that. Like I love that. And now, rather than thinking I'm just a kick off and annoying and an attention seeker, actually, sometimes you need someone to be a kick off. Um, there was a thing on the train the other day. There was a fellow who had his mask on his chin, not on his mouth or his nose, which really annoyed me because I thought if you're going to wear it, wear it. Yeah. <laughs> and I saw everyone looking at him and doing a British thing of tutting. And I thought, oh, do you know what? No. So I said, mate, you see that thing on your chin? Why don't you just lift it up a bit and put it on your nose and mouth? Because for me, that's a rule that should be done. Yeah. Everyone in the carriage obviously went quite quiet. He was a big lad. He looked at me, kind of said, what's your problem? I said, you know, you're, you. you're not doing what you're supposed to do. Just lift it up a bit. He, he didn't until like three stations later and then made a point of doing it. So, he, you know, it was still in his time and it was up to him. But yeah. stuff like that, I quite like. Um, yeah, yeah, and I think... And there's nothing wrong with that. Like, for me, like, you, you, can, you can still be confrontational and not in a way that, that's overly aggressive, just to be yeah, like, yeah. like that, because that's inappropriate for someone to act like we that. We need people it's, who call stuff out. Yeah, of course. We're so, especially in you know, I'm generalising, I guess here, but in in Britain we are. That's part of our nature, I guess. Is that we are a bit more reserved. We'd rather sit there and moan Tart. to someone else. Yeah, 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 yeah. Moan to someone. God, you see that bloke over there? Can you? But won't actually. An just angry approach. tweet. You won't believe what I've seen <laughs> yeah, today. Yeah, exactly. It's still happening, but I'm going to tweet yeah, about yeah. it instead of doing. Exactly, and fr throw it on social yeah, media. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. That we, we sort of hide behind that, whereas people, I guess you know, are able, like like yourself, just be able to go. You know what? I'm going to call you out on that. As you yeah, sort of mentioned, yeah. I'm going to call you out on that because that's wrong. Yeah. And then, and what's wrong with that? That shouldn't be seen as an aggressive or a confrontational way in that sense. But just to be able to pull someone up and go. Yeah, yeah. But it's whether that person's able to be able to deal with it, like you said, take it on and yeah, not, yeah, not exactly. go the other way. So some of the most successful people in history are almost certainly been ASD. Yeah, definitely. They. I mean, my one of my idols, which I, I know, like we we rewrite history and people aren't as keen on him these days but Alexander the Great they think may have been um, obviously Elon Musk came out on um, Saturday, came out um, <laughs> on the Saturday Night Live but that wasn't a surprise to anyone was it I think the Einstein yeah Einstein there's, there's, there's loads and I think you know we do the whole thing about uh, diversity and inclusion in the workplace it would be great to get to a point where um, you know because there's still a massive way to go with gender and race yeah, first yeah. of all but yeah. then if we can start looking at actually you know could we include that into different ways people attack problems or mm. you know having that mental um kind of diversity as well yes yeah. yeah i think that i think that'll be a cool place to be yeah mate i, I totally agree and i and i think you, you i mean you sort of 
we hinted on that as we was talking about the whole mental health side of things and about how people uh, you know it's almost seen a little bit as a as a weakness and showing vulnerability and saying you know oh, I'm not okay is is seen as a bit of a weakness and people don't tend to do it we, we spoke offline about it but like you know I know during lockdown you you and Lisa and Emma as well done um uh, the free at free which was I've I, I come on a couple of times on zoom which was great it was just in a really honest open space where as business owners for the first time we did we wasn't at a networking event going has business yeah yeah great oh yeah absolutely buzzing yeah flying at them it's so busy so bu-. whereas you go hang on a minute you know what things are pretty shit at yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um which everyone was in the same boat we was all struggling a little bit and it was such a nice place to be to be able to be open and honest in front of your peers and other people and share them sort of stories which are, i think the um we, we talked about what what would be good to carry on from here and i think that's one thing i'll be really disappointed if you go to a networking thing you know the grand hotel van wherever and yeah. and you're back to standing next to someone in a shirt and tie who's telling you they've never been busier and they're turning <laughs> away work and you know that's not true yeah, because yeah. there's just no value in that for anyone uh, uh, um the, the 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 by being vulnerable and being honest you're far more likely to make that connection we're, we're still speaking to most of the people at three or three because amazing. we created a space that people felt they could come and and talk about their problems and you know like um, work them through together that's, that's that's a great that's a great achievement and uh, look, that, that leads me on a little bit to the next sort of thing because I guess about vulnerability but f- failure in some sense is is a uh, something that um, people shy away from we try not to admit to no one wants to admit you failed but um, what can you talk about any over your career or, or or through your business journey any any sort of failures that you've had and how did you sort of deal with them and if you have any what, what yeah, no, um, there was a really, actually, I was, I was um, on a panel of a um, webinar yesterday, and there was um, a brilliant lady that worked for an investment company, and she was saying, actually, they look for, for entrepreneurs that have failed twice, because that shows that they're tenacious, and they're more likely to be aggressive with their third idea, mm. which I thought was a, really, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and in America as well, they kind of own their bankruptcy, when we are, no one talks about it, that's it, it's done, not that I've been like, bankrupt, no, then. <laughs> but the, um, I think we we do have such a fear of failure. I think that you know we've said about not making generalizations, but I think you look at America and they wear it as a badge of honor. Here it is don't talk about it. You know, um, don't look, don't make eye contact with the fellow. He's, yeah. His business closed down. Or you know, what, obviously to extreme. But I think um, yeah, failures definitely. Um, I, I've made. I would say that the thing I'm I, I've done best at Fox Bear and Cobb Digital is is hiring. Um, I've always. I've always assembled good teams, but yeah. within that, there's been a couple of you know really bad hires yeah, within sure, that sure. that have such a long impact on the team. Yeah. Um, so I think you know certainly before took, uh, there were a couple where I just took too long to react, yeah. um, and then had to unpick stuff. So that that was probably that was probably one. Um, I think in hindsight, should I have done archaeology? Should I have done something that would have led <laughs> me down down a different path? But I don't know. I'm, yeah, yeah I can't no, say that. mate. No, no. It's, I'm, I'm, I'm keen to know something. I'll, especially with the kids and stuff like that. Like it's okay. I think for one, the point I'm trying to get at is that it's actually okay to fail. Yeah, I yeah. I think that's the main thing. Like you know, um, we like I said, we've known each other. First time I met you, you end up coming in the salon, which I own. Which yeah, you yeah. know, Obviously, didn't work out for me. And, and uh, you know, I, I remember looking at that time and thinking, God, I, I failed. I remember feeling that I'd let people down, my family, and. I, wife and we moved down here but when you actually I think and 
really important thing for me was at that point just actually accepting and understanding failure was a really big part of my journey I guess and uh, I'm keen I suppose to, well, as we both got kids that it's okay to fail it's yeah. okay to do that and then because like you said it builds I think a, a, the, the word that's probably come out of the last year's resilience yeah. which is a really we, we spoke about again before and I think that's a big thing that we'll um, we want to really instill in our kids about having that resilience and that. I think the other issue that comes if you don't as well and I've seen it already um, our, our age group weren't very good at talking about how we were feeling mm. and, and we weren't <coughs> again as a, as a lad in London you talked about football and girls that was it <laughs> yeah. if there was anything outside of those two you were called names yeah, yeah, yeah. and so that was a, that was the absolute antithesis of where we should be you should be able to talk about whatever's on your mind and should be open and, and talk through as, a, as an issue yeah. including if you failed um, yeah with uh, with my son Archie he's, we've, I've caught him lying a couple of times over completely inconsequential things but um, my again I don't know with which hat on but my my instinct was to kind of say that's not right you know you need to tell us and Hannah actually, my wife was really good about um you know, we kind of need to let him lie a little bit to, so that he can see that there's, you know, there's repercussions himself yeah, and yeah. find that out himself and, and make issues, you know, um, I'm allowed to wear, it was one of them was I'm allowed to wear my football kit on Fridays. Yeah. Obviously, nonsense. Yeah. But we let him do it, let him get in trouble and then he'll remember, I can't yeah, wear my yeah. football kit on Friday, plus they yeah. believe me and I got in trouble anyway, what's the point? Yeah. So I think the... Um, yeah, discussing failures as much as successes is, is definitely key to that transparency. Yeah, no, no, I agree, I agree. Um, so moving on, we, just, we t obviously just talked about um, some of your successes in regards to, and, and failures, but we're talking about um, the teams that you've you've chosen, how you've built that team. Like I said, when, I, when you first started, with a team of three, and now you're over 20, and, and, and at that stage, and that's one of the, the things that you're sort of proud of, creating that team. One thing that I'm really keen with this podcast is really keen to find out, it's a subject I find fascinating, is culture, creating a culture within a company. How, what do you do? How do you achieve that? How do you, you, you create that as a business owner and a leader to, to get those good people around you that they buy into what you're trying to do and you build that good quality culture? Talk to me a little bit about the culture within Fox and Bear and how you've sort of created that and where, where, where you're at with that. So the... Yeah, no, and th and that's definitely something that um, I've been proud of. I think mm. the from the very first hire, they, they've you know apart from maybe two out of sixty or whatever yeah. haven't been great, but apart from that, they've they've been very good. And and so um, I think we always hire. It starts right at the beginning. We hire on culture more than skill set. Sometimes if you've got three candidates and mm. one's got a year more experience and done exactly the job before, but you just know they wouldn't be a cultural fit, yeah. they wouldn't be the right choice for us. And so I think you know starting from there um, is, is is a key part. Yeah. The second thing, which is one of my favourite sayings, is show don't tell. Yeah. So um, you know this whole thing of we have four values and we're going to put the words on a board and you're going to see them every day or a slogan on a board and that's going to generate you know our culture. It's yeah. just nonsense. So yeah. you know if we are saying we're an open and honest company and we talk to each other, we'll do that then. Don't yeah. you know? Don't have separate conversations and don't you know, um, go behind people's back, have open and, and honest conversations. That will breed open and honesty. Yeah, yeah. Um, praise, you know, publicly and, and chastise privately. We, yeah. You know, how do you yeah. want to be treated? You don't want to be called out in front of your team. Yeah, yeah. You know yourself if you've done something wrong, so have a quiet word with them. But at the same time, everyone likes praise publicly. Yeah. Um, so, so, you know, do that, share successes. Um, 
also the other bit that again if we come back to failures one bit I've really struggled with a film on this is as we're in, as we're at this size I have much less involvement with the with the junior members of the team than I did when we were five or six and I really struggle with that and I really miss that because I used to have much more of a relationship with everyone and you know I'd go for a walk with someone or get lunch or a coffee yeah. And it came to a point where if I kept doing that, I was undermining the senior management team because obviously they were their direct line reports. If I'm doing that, then you know they know they've got a route into the MD. Are they going to listen as much to their line manager? So yeah, I've had sure. to step away from doing that, which goes against everything I want to do. Yeah. Um, but then uh, I, I, another light bulb moment was all of my senior management team are brilliant, brilliant people who really care about what they do. Yeah. So again, that culture has fed down because trust them, respect them, know they're good at what they were hired to do, yeah, yeah, yeah. leave them to it. I get, that's the thing as well, isn't it? I guess as being a good leader, one of the key things is, I guess, trust is being able to trust. Like you said, you, uh, you, you, you've you obviously got a clear mindset of where you wanted to be with the culture of the company from when you was at three people. This is how we're going to grow and this is what I want to still So when that senior management level come in, they're going to buy into your values and how you do it. So like you said, there, there shouldn't be any reason, when you've structured a business like that, I guess, there shouldn't be any reason why the, the junior members of staff are still getting the same yeah. conversations that you would have had with them, but because your senior members of staff are similar mindsets to you. And, and, and I think for, you know, that definitely trickles down to clients. So we always hire people, because we have some quite technical people, and sometimes, mm. you know, there's a bit of a kind of a fallacy that technical people aren't, comfortable speaking to people and feeding back and making reports so everyone in my team you could pick up the phone and have a chat with and, and there's no one I would say to Christian my number two that when I'm writing up a table plan for a Christmas party I'm never thinking please not I can't sit next to that person yeah, so nice, that's nice. always my litmus test of have we hired well yeah, um, yeah, yeah. and at the same time you know client feedback and, and that transparency feeds the clients as well within our reports we'll always say this has worked really well we, we took a punt on these things, we tested the, these things, it hasn't worked, so we were going to learn from that and, and apply it for the next one. So again, that, yeah. you trust someone if they say to you, this is what we've not done as well. Yeah. Um, and so so that breeds into that as well. But back, like I said, back to what we are talking about just now, about open, honest, and at that, that level of communication, I think, filters down. Like you said, it, the culture that I'm talking about, not just about the culture that you create within the company in regards to your staff and stuff like that, but what what that how that relates to to clients as well. Yeah. Um, and exactly that, like you say, you create that culture where that communication is key. So right from you talking to the junior member of staff, senior member, whatever it may be, but right down to that junior member of staff relaying that to clients or whatever that that sort of looks just communication across the definitely. Whole. And and I think. That's been one, another struggle because in, in, on one hand, over the last year, as a sector, digital marketing is very set up to cope. You know, albeit yeah. our clients weren't at the beginning, yeah. all we need is a, a laptop and an internet connection and we do, it doesn't really matter where we are. If we're creating Google, Google Ads or yeah. optimising a website or drafting an email, we can do that anywhere. The bit that was difficult is keeping the culture going because yeah, sure. some people have been really affected and some people that maybe you wouldn't have presumed. Uh, nervous about leaving their flat because mm. of partners or because of their own situation others are in a small flat with their partner and desperate to get out there's so many different things to yeah, think sure. about you can do all the murder mysteries on zoom and all of those kind of things they're never going to replace face-to-face interaction no, no. so again we tried loads of different things um the one that's stuck and i will keep going we do a monday morning 9 30 um any update from me goes into that which is usually quite brief on a monday but we all have to come with one thing we're going to achieve that day, 
and one thing we're either grateful for or would recommend. Amazing. And we've done that. that for over a year now and, and it's just a nice way to frame the week and it just yeah. keeps everyone, you know, most of the time it's Netflix or the weather that they're grateful <laughs> yeah, for. Yeah, or, yeah. Well, certainly not the last couple of no, months. No, no, no. And then the um, on a Friday, I then close the week off. So we do something called Learn Something New where we're on a round robin. You have to present five minutes. can be anything. We've had people presenting the history of pride through to um, Persian swear words. There's, there's a whole range of things, but wow. it does two things. One, gives us an insight into a colleague that perhaps we don't work with. We can see, yeah. okay, Harry's well into disco music. Didn't know that about him, that's yeah. cool. Um, also, they practice their presenting skills, um, yeah. and then it keeps the whole team kind of uh, culture going as well. I love them. They're, they're, that's two really great, great ways, like I said, great way to start a week, great way to finish the week. Um, and I know prior to lockdown, I think you, well, you, you always, is it something you, at four o'clock you stop and you, you uh, arrange and go out and meals and stuff, obviously not been able to as much over the last year, but is that something obviously that you're... you're yeah, so, and again, this is the really difficult part, right? So we've uh, the office is now open if you want to use it and we're, we're um, throttling the numbers so we're not at, uh, 100%, yeah. but it's been the characters you would expect to come into the office, the gregarious, the kind of, you know, I'll go for a pint after work. Yeah. And I don't want it to become a divide between the people who like working at home. Yeah, so sure. I'm very conscious of trying to do things that we can all enjoy. But Fridays is where we do the learn something new. So we finish at quarter to four. Yeah. Someone will teach us something about them that we don't know. We'll do a team champ. So you have to vote for who you think has gone above and beyond that week. And Brilliant. the winner of that gets um, a 50 quid voucher every month to, to pull whatever they want. And then at four o'clock we down talks. When we're in the office on a Friday, people have been skulking off and having a few beers. Yeah. Um, when we're at home, you know, personally, I've been then putting the computer away as quickly as I can and playing football with the boys in the garden. Um, but we haven't got that, let's have a beer at four o'clock on a Friday culture yet. Yeah, Although I'm yeah. taking everyone out a week on Friday for a whole day out, so that'll be good. Nice, nice. I love them. There's, mate, there's some, there's some cool bits in there. And certainly something, like I say, I think from, like I say, something certainly on this podcast that I'm really keen to get across because I, I do I, find, I, I speak to people about it a lot and creating a cut because look we, we talk about our, our strengths and weaknesses I think from I found what I found very difficult especially from a salon point of view not being a hairdresser and running a hair salon was you know it added, it added difficulties and I think I found it very difficult to create a culture within a company so that's something I've tried to learn and read about and and, and find it fascinating it's great talking about some, some great I think great on points. that just on that quickly the, uh, yeah. all of my team are better than me at what they do without a doubt yeah. um, but I'm happy to say that to all of them where, where the problems come is where you have a leader who thinks they know every single part yeah. Um, someone said to me years ago, hire someone smarter than you and you won't go wrong. So every single person I've hired is more intelligent than me <laughs> and knows their area better than me and can do their job better than me. Yeah. But I'm good at you know, having everyone on one, one page of what we want to achieve, so yeah. that, that's worked well. The second thing I would say, and it's true with all of life, you have to be true to yourself. Yeah. If you are a very organised and very structured and very process-driven person, which I'm not, I am a uh, kind of, does it feel right, should we do it? Yeah. You have to be true to that. There's no point me saying, right, this is exactly what we're going to be doing in three Tuesdays' time, which yeah. some of my team would prefer. Yeah, yeah. But they know I'm going to be a bit flighty and a bit kind of, does it feel right? So they're, they're not expecting anything else. They're yeah. happy with, well, mostly happy <laughs> with that because they know that's what I am. Sure, sure. Well, that's, yeah, it's interesting, very interesting. Um, cool, right, look, there's a, the next bit, this is again something... Um, I'm really keen to explore, and we sort of said so. That as a as a business owner, 
as we've but we, me and you've both talked about this offline as well and we talked obviously about family and bits and pieces you know I, I personally sometimes find it difficult to switch off you know we you know take time out that type of thing uh, you know you're a father of two you're a family man as well you you know you're I think you sit on the Brighton Chamber Ball you, there's, you wear a few other hats as well <coughs> at school and so that run all them extra little bits voluntary stuff that you do as well as you know running a business of over 20 odd staff how do you get that balance right between that and being a family man father etc if I'm honest at the moment I haven't got that right um, I think you know without bringing it back to the ASD I think there's probably a combination of me still trying to prove to nine year old James that I'm good and mm. that that means I say yes to everything mm. um, and so I'm trying to unpick certain things so yeah I coach my two boys football um, team so that's the weekend done yeah. Chair of Governors at their school. I sit on three boards and I do some other charity bits and pieces. So that is quite a lot. To, when they call you up and they say, oh, "We'd like you to help us with this," it's one meeting a quarter. Yeah, yeah. Sounds like nothing. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, well, how can I help? Yeah, yeah. But then when you do that ten times, that's a you know two days a month gone. Yeah. So I'm trying to unpick um, which of the bits can I actually add value? You know, because I think some of it is a uh, you know FOMO. Uh, if I say no, I'm, am I going to miss out? Yeah. Some of it is, like I said, proving to that nine-year-old that, you know, I've done something. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, unpicking the intent behind that has been has been important, but also changing the mindset. Like, when you, when you say every weekend is going to be ta- taken up with coaching football, you think that's quite a big commitment. But actually, Saturday, Sunday morning are two of the happiest times of my life now because we've yeah. got at Southwark Rangers, we, our motto is we take all kids. So we've, got, we've taken in a couple of kids that are seven years old or kicked out their other team because they weren't good enough. I hate football, and now you know there's a, there's one lad who pl- wouldn't say hello to you in the morning, wouldn't make eye contact. Now he's the first on the training pitch. He's loving it. He's a really yeah. good player actually as well. Um, that that is something that I feel yeah, I, I was part of that. You know, that's and, and that, so that that change in mindset of this is more work to actually this is downtime. This is giving yeah. me something that's making me feel good. And I guess so. It's interesting you say that because again about being a good leader in your business, but as a as a coach of like younger kids and stuff, but you still got a, you're still a leader of those of those kids, and 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 I I'm still, you know, I, I'm still friends with managers of football clubs that I played up through my early years. You know what I mean? As 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 a, as a as a footballer and I, I love that and I'm still in contact with them like 25 years later do you know what I mean and because they inspired me back then as, as, a, as a leader and I think it must be great you, t- you can take that skill set that you've got as a leader of a bi- as a business owner and put that into something that where you're still doing it with your kids but also inspiring other kids De- yeah so. definitely I think the the, the two bits I have to I'm super competitive obviously every <laughs> business owner is um, <laughs> and I wasn't a particularly good footballer I'd get involved and I was physical uh, and yeah coming back to a theme confrontational so you could put me at I, I remember back. you putting in a few challenges <laughs> over the Fernballs League uh, yeah you could put uh, me at centre back and I'd get a job done but I had no skill and yeah as, as I got older I lost all pace but I'd put my head on the ball and I'd accidentally yeah. stand on someone's toes at a corner <laughs> but the um, so trying to take a step back from that but then Alex the um, the other coach for the under 8s he's, he's a UFC fighter I think he was like Sussex champion or something one of the nicest blokes you'll ever meet yeah but him and I very quickly said, let's, again, coming back to culture, so we have a thing of no one laughs at a kid. If you try a rainbow flick and you fall on your bum, we're not having 
27-year-olds pointing at him and laughing, which I think, again, from the male kind of ego perspective, that is something that them thinks, yeah. I'm not going to try a rainbow flick again because I'm just going to be laughed at. Yeah, Whereas yeah. now we've got kids doing that because they play FIFA. Um, that That's one part. Equally, having respect for each other. And, you know, even if you've played... They're, again, like with staff, these kids know when they've had a bad game. It's amazing. At six years yeah, old, they'll yeah, come yeah, off I'm and sure. be like, I, I wasn't very good today. So we don't need to then say you weren't very good. We've yeah. played a couple of teams where literally the coach is like, they think it's Liverpool Tottenham Champions League final. They're on the <laughs> touchline <laughs> shouting. and just like, Come on, mate. There's something else going wrong in your life if you're needing to react like that. Yeah, I, I, I just uh, I can't comprehend it. I, I, you know, I'm... Obviously, you know, I've got twins and that. They're, they've not gone down the football route yet. They may, it may be only six. It may well be something they do. But And I always thought, oh, potentially that'd be something I'll get into as, 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 as they get older. But, yeah, I can't imagine that. Uh, I, mean, I still see it, like you know. I mean, I've taken to something, and you still see them, yeah. them, them parents, and and oh yeah, parents, the parents and, and are. Just, like, I, again, I've been super lucky because um, every manager I speak to, uh, they nearly always they say you've got a nice group of parents there. Cause they never, there's obviously no swearing, there's yeah. no like aggressiveness towards the other. Where some you go, I, I was absolutely <laughs> gobsmacked. Another <laughs> local team, and this dad was like absolutely berating his own kid the entire game. He's just like. What's he getting? From? <laughs> like, what, what is anyone getting from that? Where, with us, yeah, okay, we'll call if there's if they play poorly, we'll we'll tell them this is what you've not done well, this is what you can improve next time. Again, they know, so you yeah, don't yeah. want to lie to them and say that was brilliant, everything you did there. And again, at the end of every single game, I say, tell me one thing you've done well and one thing you did poorly. And brilliant. they they always th- what they pick is amazing, is yeah. exa- exactly what you would say. Yeah, yeah. That's what you've not done well. So again, we were talking about emotional intelligence and intelligence yeah. these, these kids are smart you know so yeah. I think sometimes giving them that vehicle to voice their own um, again, again I suppose back to the, the it's, again it's back to that same with staff that trust element uh, allowing people to do and allowing especially kids I'm, I'm really I've been reading a lot about this recently and I'm really keen to look at uh, you know allowing them to fail and allowing them to do but like like you said it's about I guess it's the education side of it isn't it it's about talking to them about it and not berating them for doing oh you've done that wrong and blah 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 but try and help them to, to improve next time and just highlight some stuff so it's, 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 I love the comparison between like we're talking obviously about work life balance and trying to get that right but being able to take obviously skills that you've got in in the one and still utilising it with the other, which is which, which is cool because it's a it's a difficult thing, isn't it? The the work life, but do as a business owner, like you said, I said, I find it difficult sometimes to switch off. You always sort of on it, aren't you? You've got sometimes answer that email, blah blah blah. But that's just the nature. And I, I think guess. these you know these devices we keep in our pocket, are, you know, yeah. sometimes again, you know, knowing that what I know now about me, I'm more happy to say to Hannah or mate, actually, do you know what? I just need a half hour by myself in my room. Yeah. Read, put some relaxing music on, yeah. and then I'm recharged and I'm ready to go. And I'm going to be more present for the boys in the yeah. evening, and I'm going to want to play Mario Kart or play football or whatever. And, and I'm doing that without thinking I've got 50 unanswered emails because yeah. I've had that time to recharge. So I think yeah. we just need to be more selfish with our own time. Yeah. You know, like it's it's okay to say. I need some time away from this for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah It's going to sure. make you better at everything else you do. So yeah. it's okay to do. I think yeah, I think that's really important. It's something I, I personally struggle with to be able to do that sometimes. To say, to say exactly that. Like I feel well, I'm working when I'm not working. But I've got to be with the kids, and then and then I've got to be a good uh, husband as well to care. Like no, you go and take some time off. But I don't necessarily say yeah. Like you say, there's sometimes looking at yourself and going, 
I actually need because it, it, even if it is half an hour, whether that's going for that run or mm-hmm. sitting there reading a book, whatever it is, just your little bit of time to switch off and and makes you more productive, makes yeah. you a better person, as, and a better, hopefully a better father. And a, yeah, something we can probably all learn a little bit from. Definitely, and I think the um, what's really I can't remember whether it's a famous quote or a friend said said it to me, but about like basically being a parent is permanently feeling guilty. Like whatever you do with them, you're constantly thinking, I was a bit sharp with them there, or yeah. I, I cut their football down by half an hour because I know I needed to uh, reply to an email, or yeah. have I fed them well this week? You know, everything you do is constantly thinking, have I done the best job? Yeah, yeah. But sometimes you're going to do a better job by just taking that half hour for your yeah. 5K that you're doing every day, which yeah. is great, well done. Yeah. Um, but, <laughs> but, you know, I think that makes you just a... A more rounded person with that time you're spending with them. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I, I agree, I agree. Um, right, so we're sort of coming towards the end, and there's a couple of obviously bits we'll finish up with. But so just going to want to know what, what's the future hold for James Dempster and Fox and Bear. So Fox and Bear, interestingly, again being transparent, we one of the things I've been poor at is having like a structured plan of in three. You know, you go to these. Networking. What, what, what's your business look like in three years? And I, I've always, I have no idea. You know, I know this year, and I know what I want to do this year. But three years time. But Monday, I actually sat down and, and put together a proper strategy. You know, commercial targets, where we need to recruit to get there, kind of things that I want to do, tar- target clients. So, I felt really enthused after Monday, and I have a roadmap for three years. I think that you know, we we want to continue what we're doing and doing well, providing you know a one-stop solution for all marketing for every client. Um, keep that transparency be more targeted with the types of clients you know you want to work with grow 10-15% per year um, pick nice. up any other agencies that perhaps could add um, services to our own well, yeah. whatever that is that we're currently not offering yeah. um, as well as keeping an eye on you know emerging channels um, that, that perhaps could be a good offering for our client so, so that's Fox and Bear I think there's some, some good organic growth I don't want to get huge with that. I think yeah. you know any, anything over 40 people would be a challenge to keep the same culture. Yeah. Um, but that's still double what we are now, so I think yeah. that gives us a good three years. For me, um, is it, I want to keep adding value where I can. I think there are some things that I'm doing where perhaps I'm not adding as much value, so I'm going to take a look at that. Um, at some point, uh, hopefully my wife's not listening, but at some point I am going to do a PhD. I want to come back to the ancient history part. Um, wow. I've got... A <laughs> I've got a title of what I want to study, but it's the most Mark Corrigan from Peep Show thing in the world. <laughs> um, but similar to the last thing I wrote previous for you is uh, what the ancient Greeks taught us about the mod- uh, about um, modern business, <laughs> which is so, so literally no one's going to read that. But I think there's I think there's some interesting parallels we can take. So that that's nominally what I would like to treat myself with for my fortieth birthday. Amazing. Um, wow. But. Yeah, I need to be more selfish on the other time if I'm going to get there. Yeah, sure. Wow, that's a, that's a mate. Look, I think something is key is following your passions, and which is something I want to really instill in the kids. And I'm sure you, you you are the same with the boys, and and whatever that looks like. And and I, I think I spoke to a guy the other day and was talking about how you can carve time in your day if you do treat sometimes if you if you are a business owner you can carve things into your day where they become businesses nothing related to your business but they can do so one of my bucket list things is i want to do the iron man at some point maybe (laughs) but we weren't up but i was talking to someone who's actually doing it who's a business owner who runs a charity and stuff and he was saying that um as a 
to do the Iron Man. I'm doing it in. He's doing it in July, and he was saying like, I've actually had to carve that. So I've treated the, my training as a as another business because mm. if it was a business, you'd make time to do that. So he said I've created, which is something quite quite interesting. So it's um, yeah, I like yeah, that. I think um, yeah, it's something certainly for you. Like, I think it's great that you like you said this is a passion. This is something I've got. I'm going to do outside of the business. That is something. For me, that's Definitely. Be great. Just one thing that um, popped into my head as you were saying that you were talking about, you know, return to work and and kind of do people work from home? Do people work from the office? I think another benefit that's come from this is that we've had such a culture of presenteeism. You know, if yeah. you're at your desk at quarter to nine and you're leaving at six, you're the best worker yeah. because you're putting in a graft. Yeah. Where actually, I think we've now thought, what's the outcome? You know, what what are you being hired for? What is, what does good look like from your role? Yeah. Focus on that and worry less about the time. Yeah. And then everyone can carve out time to do yeah. an Ironman if they want. You know, whether yeah. that's a business owner or an employee, yeah. if you're more strict with this is what my output is, yeah. you can then make time around the day to do those things. And I think I remember talking actually on one of the on one of the three at three that you hosted, talking about that point and saying about allowing staff again. It's about trust, isn't it? But allow knowing you can't see the staff are not sitting in front of you ninety or six, so. What, what are they doing but knowing that and I'm, I think you, you alluded to one point where you said you know I had a member of staff that I knew she was then at three o'clock she was switching off because she was having to look after the kids or do whatever she needed to do but she I knew she answered an email at half seven that night because a client had come back giving me good feedback or she'd answered something on a Saturday and yep. that type of thing so the, as long as the actual job that, that's your job role the, the, the mindset of going, right, I'm doing a 40-hour week where I'm working 9 to 5 every Monday to Friday, surely, if we haven't learned anything from the last year, that's got to have gone I out totally the totally agree. And yeah. I, I, back to that 3 o'clock or, or Saturday example, yeah. guarantee, if I'd have put, you know, if you pick someone up for having an hour at 3 o'clock, yeah. they're not going to give you that hour back in the evening. <laughs> yeah, if you, you're militant, with their, I've seen it before, where people literally say, right, you had a 15-minute dentist appointment, you need to work till quarter past five. Yeah. They will work till 5.15. If you yeah. don't say anything, they will think, I should make up half an hour for this. So yeah. there's a business angle as well as just treating people nicely angle. Yeah. Um, that, you know, if you, if you do it. There's another um, line that I really like that I learned of someone, trust but verify. Yeah. So trust everyone that they're doing what they're doing. You know, there's no point employing people if you can't trust them. Yeah. But every so often, just dip into something they're working on so that they know that you're interested in what they're doing yeah. and that then you can feel, we're all control freaks as business owners. You yeah. can then sleep yeah. a bit easier thinking, I know that project's been delivered and that project's been delivered well. Yeah. And the, cl the client's happy, staff's happy, you're not breathing down their neck. And so yeah. I think that's a, that's an easy one. Yeah, no, I agree, I agree. Um, cool, right, look, we, we finish... Um, I've tried to start finishing with a podcast with the our quick fire questions. So there's a there's a couple here. Um, what advice would you give to a young entrepreneur, someone wanting to start their own business? They're supposed to be quick fire, aren't they? So I can't, <laughs> I can't uh, think of it. Um, I would say, be prepared to fail and don't beat yourself up if you do. Cool, great, great advice. I love that. I love that. Um, and finally, give me three traits you think a business um, person needs to be a good business person or entrepreneur. It's a word we've used a lot, but resilient, yep. um, resourceful, because most people start a business don't have thousands of daddy's money that they can put into it, yep. um, and driven. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. I think that's... Mate, brilliant. I think, like you say, dri driven, he's got, you've got to have that mindset, haven't you? As a, and a mindset is something, you know, the whole podcast really encapsulates, I suppose, and as a business owner, you've got to have a, a certain mindset to start your own business in the first place. You've got to have that mindset and, and driven, and uh, is, is yeah, certainly something that's, that's key. 
mate, look, what it's, look, we've become very good friends over the, uh, the last sort of ten years, and it's an absolute honour, really, is to have you on. You continue to inspire me, mate. You're you're, you're a, a great business person, you, you know. I wish you and the Fox and Bear team continued success, and um, I look forward to keep seeing it grow. And um, and you doing obviously your, your PhD as well. Yeah. <laughs> keep me posted Let's on that. Some more articles for SBT. Yeah, yeah, mate, definitely. Somewhere no, and right. thank you for all that you do for for me and for all Sussex business. It's brilliant to be part of it. Oh, mate, you're an edge. Listen, thanks again. Brilliant. Good times. Thank you.